0: Check out joincolossus.com. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions. Hosts and podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions.
1: Today, we are breaking down Taboola, a company you may not know but one you've definitely seen. When you read articles on CNBC, Bloomberg, or The Independent, Taboola powers the sidebar and banner recommendations for what you should read next. The company works with publishers and advertisers to help readers discover what's new and interesting. Founded in 2007, Taboola recently went public and is now the leading recommendation engine for the open web. It serves over 500 million users a day. To break down Taboola, I'm joined by its founder and CEO, Adam Singolda. During our conversation, we cover the ways in which Taboola's value prop differs from Facebook and Google, unpack the advertising concepts of yield and tack, and dive into Adam's vision for Taboola, recommending anything, anywhere. Please enjoy this business breakdown of Taboola. All right, Adam, welcome to Business Breakdowns.
2: Hello, Jesse. Thanks for having me.
1: Let's start with the basic question. What is Taboola?
2: When you uh, read the news on CNBC or USA Today or Bloomberg or The Independent in the UK or Sunke in Japan, at the end of the article it says, You may also like from CNBC, trying to keep you engaged with more content and videos from the site that you're on, as well as content from around the web. We do that. And I started Tabula um, about 14 years ago with a vision to help consumers discover things they may like, but just never knew existed. Sort of a search engine, but in reverse. You go to Google if you know what you want, but what happens if you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing next? That was the original premise
1: you're a lot of those the recommendations and articles we see on publisher websites, give us a sense for the scale of the business. Revenue, EBITDA, impressions, advertisers, publishers, give us just a sense for the footprint.
2: We're a public company now, TBLA on the NASDAQ. Last year was up $1.2 billion in revenue, almost $400 million of XTAC, which is essentially what's left for us after we share revenue with our publishers. So over the last three years, we paid publishers some of the most amazing Journalistic organization in the world, over $2 billion. So Taboola is a significant revenue source to the open web, publishers we all like to use daily. Over $100 million of adjusted EBITDA. So we've been profitable for quite some time. Overall, we have 9,000 publishers we work with, 13,000 advertisers we work with. People clicked on Taboola last year, 30 billion times. You can imagine that. 30 billion times, someone discovered a piece of content, a video, an article, a service that they didn't know existed. And now they do. And, and we believe, and that's why I started the company back in the day from my parents' house, that when you make this great moment of next, when someone discovers something, you can really make a great impact on people's lives because they discover something they didn't know. And that interests them. It's this curiosity graph. So, And we only have 24 hours a day. That will never change. So if you do a good job, and you help people discover things they may like. It's great for entertainment, it's great for education, it's great for people. So that's just some stats. We serve a trillion recommendations a month. We have more servers than the IDF in Israel, the army in Israel. We're bigger now, but still small in comparison to Google, Facebook, and Amazon. So you know we have a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, let's do a couple of case study examples. So maybe one from an advertiser's perspective and then one from a publisher's perspective. So If I'm an advertiser, maybe walk through an example. Who's the advertiser? What do they come to you? What problem are you solving for them? And how do you guys go about solving it?
2: In general, who are advertisers? So what does it mean to be an advertiser? There are 100 million businesses in the world. When you have a business, usually you optimize for selling your products, selling your services and grow your business. So all of those companies potentially could become advertisers to expose their services to the right person. A lot of times they'll use companies like Google to be in that moment when someone searches for something. They will work with companies like Facebook for that moment when people interact with their friends. And then they'll work with companies like Taboola if they want their service to be recommended on the open web. So you can imagine that go to a website like the Today Show, which works with Taboola, and then you read an article, and then the end of it, it says, you may also like, and suddenly your service is being recommended to a consumer. That is the advertiser experience in a Tabula product all around the web. And then they come to us because they want to be discovered. People may not know of them just yet. Otherwise, they would search for them. So they come to us. They have a great story. They have a great business. They believe in their product. But nobody is yet to know of them or not at the scale they wish they did. They come to us. They create usually great storytelling experiences like a good video or an article about their service. And then we're able to use AI and our data and technology to try to figure out where would it make sense to present their product and their service. They only pass 90% of the time, they only pass if someone actually clicked on their service. So again, let's take an example. You went to NBC News, you read an article about furniture, you saw at the bottom of the article a recommendation from a furniture company, you clicked on it, only then we get paid. That's the business model. We share that payment with the publisher the user was on. That's simply how it
1: works. We did a breakdown of Facebook on the show. Can you help us understand how the comparison from an advertiser's perspective, how does that compare Taboola versus Facebook?
2: I think the fundamental difference, because look, Taboola reaches half a billion people a day. Facebook reaches, I think the latest is about 2 billion or so. So both of us have a lot of scale. The fundamental difference is where is your ad being presented? So if you are a small business, nobody is yet searching for you because you just started and nobody is sharing you and you're not viral yet because you are not yet where you can be. And on Taboola, suddenly we put you on websites that it's it's a dream to be side by side on those websites. You're on CNBC, you're on Bloomberg.com, you're on NBC Sports. So imagine you have a sports product, related product, and suddenly you're on NBC Sports. That is a dream come true just by itself. And then you only pay if someone actually chose to interact with your service. So the fundamental difference is the clout, the trust that gets carried through the Tabula experience in the open web because we present you on these amazing publishers versus a social feed. Obviously, it's a great service, Facebook, but it doesn't have that moment where someone says, I really trust where I am. How many times, and we can speak about the e-commerce, which is something that is big for Tabula as of recent, but how many times did you consider buying a product, but it was only when you were on CNET and you read about what they said about the product, you actually ended up buying it. And we all relate to it, you know, or when you had a health concern, only when you read about it on a certain website that you trust, you actually chose to make a decision. So it's those moments when we really trust the publisher, the website we're on, that help us progress to make a decision to consider to do something. And that's the difference between Taboola to Facebook.
1: And what about from a publisher's perspective? So they obviously have lots of options to monetize. Why do they choose Taboola? And and how do you think about what problem you're solving for them?
2: Publisher in the open web industry is about $60 billion market. For everyone to know, that market is growing fast, 10, 15% a year, just on its own. But funny enough, most of the open web is still being monetized using banners. Maybe it's worth defining what a banner is. A banner is a cube that sits on a page that we rarely click on. It's an advertising format that was invented 27 years ago. And in fact, most of the open web is still monetizing using banners. So when I think about the future of the open web, my kids who are two and four, and how they will experience the future open web online when they read things they care about, What will that look like and how will advertising be shaped in those days? I believe it's going to look a lot more like Instagram, Snap, WeChat, if you live in Asia, versus a bunch of banners on a page. So for publishers, it's this revolution of reinventing the experience for consumers from a banner to which is kind of an interrupting advertising format. It's in my way to more of a feed of recommendations, something that looks like Instagram. It helps publishers to rethink monetization. In a new way, and also Taboola, as opposed to traditional advertising companies, we invest $100 million a year in providing technologies and services publishers want, in any case, beyond money. So things like recirculation of their own content, editorial tools, analytics, subscription services. So as publishers consider who should they work with, they're trying to have less vendors and more partners so on that front, that's why publishers work with Taboola three, four, five years exclusively long-term, which is very unique in the internet.
1: Let's go into examples of those two. Like give us a money example of if you're a publisher, what decisions you might be making and then why you chose to pick Taboola. And then similarly, like a non-money example, like a product example that you just mentioned so we can better understand.
2: They'll choose us, I would say, for three reasons. The first reason is they're going to look for someone that can be a great monetization partner for them. And at the end of the day, there's a limited amount of space, and they want to make sure that they generate the highest amount of quality yields for them. So they want this to be a quality experience with the consumer and generate a significant, exciting revenue that's growing every year. So that's the first one. And we believe we're very good at that. And we believe that because we have 13,000 direct advertisers and we work with many programmatic partners, we also create a great quality experience for consumers. I always say that I would pay to see ads on Instagram. And I think about that for Taboola. You know if you do a good job with advertising experience, people really like it. That's the first one, which is, can you generate exciting revenue? The second one is, what else can you do for the publisher? And here, we're focusing on primarily engagement and audience services. And to give you a few examples, the chief editor of The Independent, which is a big publisher in the UK, has his team, the editorial team, and himself engaged with Taboola Newsroom which is a product we've been working on for years that is provided for free. We never charge publishers. So all of these investments are just to grow publishers. We're very devoted for publishers' growth. So they, the editorial team is using Tabula Newsroom to do a few things, to A-B test their titles and to know which title is better for them. They use us to get access to all of our data so they can know what the readers read on the network of Tabula so they can get ideas what to write about. They use us to know which content gets people to subscribe to emails or subscribe to paid services. So now you have an entire editorial organization that is working with Tabula for a completely awesome reason, which is to drive editorial growth. Recirculation, we have, uh, we're have we one of the top companies in deep learning and AI in Israel. We've been investing in deep learning for about five years now as an evolution from machine learning. I would say that's a big revolution. It's almost, no, you should think of deep learning versus machine learning like the invention of the internet. It's a significant step forward. And it's very difficult to do when we've been leaders in that. And that helps us to circulate consumers to stay on the website so they don't go back to Facebook. More from CNBC, more from today, more from USA Today, more from Gannett, All those great publishers, we want you to stick around, and never go back to a blue app. And we give that for free. And we invest on AI a lot. And I mentioned last year people clicked on Tableau 30 billion times, half of it was keeping consumers on the site. We don't get paid for that, but it's great because users are happy. The pie gets bigger. And then these are just a few examples for how in my vision and my dream and in practice, we're seeing Taboola being used by the entire publisher organization, not only for commercial reasons. And the last one is culture. Publishers are thinking about who do they work with for the next five years. I can tell you, and I'm sure many of you listening to this relate, we're talking on this podcast and in general, a lot of times about technology, but at the end of the day, people do business with people. And it's those moments when you need someone to call when something is broken, or you want the partner to be an extension of your organization. So I think Tabula has this ninja culture that really helps us differentiate ourselves, even beyond the reasons I mentioned, which help people reach choose Tabula, and work with us.
1: I love that. You've mentioned briefly the founding. Can you go back and give us a minute on, you started the business in 2007. What was your founding insight? What were some of the early struggles and how did you ultimately figure out this business and this business model?
2: Tableau is my first job. Before that, I spent seven years as an engineer, National Encryption Unit of Israel, a really cool place. My first project as I was in 18 was to build the first protected phone for the general, which is really amazing to think of the level of responsibility and trust they can put in a kid to work on some awesome things like that. And for me, the main thing I've taken from that experience throughout the years was, one, I met really smart people. And that was so awesome to see people that are from the future in terms of what they can do when it comes to engineering and how humble they can be in doing so. The biggest thing I've taken from that experience was mainly culture, how flat I wanted my organization or to always be and how transparent I wanted it to always be. And, and I've taken a lot of those experiences into Tabula. The reason I started Tabula, as I graduated out of the army, I was in my parents' house because I don't make a lot of money in the army. So I couldn't really afford my own place. But my parents gave me a great room. So I'm very thankful for that. I bought this my TV, which I saved money to buy. And I couldn't find anything to watch on television. And I thought, you know, I should not be looking for TV shows. TV shows should be looking for me. We've all had this experience. And at the end of the day, you're looking for something to watch. You spend 30 minutes browsing. And then you close the TV because you're frustrated. So I went to my mom, like a good kid. And I told her, mom, the world is going to change. You go to Google if you know what you want, but what happens if you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing next? And she said, son, I like you, but what the hell are you drinking? Enough with it. And I told her, no, I'm convinced this is the future. We're very good friends. She introduced me to, to an angel investor who she heard of. His daughter had this event. It's called Bat Mitzvah, when your daughter is 12 and she becomes a woman And that's a very big deal for us. And I got an invitation. I didn't know the girl and I didn't know the father, the investor, but my mom got me an invitation. And then I figured, you know, when would be a good time for me to go and pitch him on Taboola? When do you bother someone who never invited you with your evolution? And I figured a few hours in, glasses of wine, some dancing. So I came to him and I told him about the open web and the future being personalized, building a world that's only about consumers. We only have 24 hours a day. And then he asked me who invited me to uh, the, ev- the event. And I said, my mom. I said, who's your mom? <laughs> I'm not sure he knew my mom. But he was kind enough to invite me to his house. He became my angel investor. He is truly is my angel. We're best friends up until now. And it's funny if you think about starting a business as a founder, and you, know, you have just a lot of experience in that as well, but it's so counterintuitive in terms of who is your perfect investor at first. And it's so much more than your idea. Because most of our ideas are commodity by definition. By the moment we thought about them, it's already too old in any case. And it's not how many times you've succeeded before. And are you a serial entrepreneur? Who do you know on your networking? And what school you went to? And so much of it is complete bullshit. You know. And what truly is different is people who choose you. They think something in you is going to make a difference. And they believe you will make it work one way or another. So he, we had a great connection. And we offered to invest in Tabula. There's a funny story. I was in his house, and he offered me to invest an angel investment. And I thought to myself, "Great business people probably never say yes on the spot." But I was trying not to look too excited. I told him, "You know, let me think about it." And I ran out of his house so he doesn't see I'm so excited. And I called my I took the elevator down and I called my mom. I said, "Mom," he said he'll do it. And I told him not to think about it. And she said, "You idiot! You have to say yes. Call me immediately." So I called him. You know. 30 seconds after. And I told him, you know, I've been really thinking about it a lot. And I think we should do it. And that's how we got going.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome story. Let's get a little bit more into the business itself. When you sit back and the CEO and someone who's trying to understand Taboola, what are the most important metrics as you think about someone looking at the business and evaluating it?
2: From financial metrics, we're looking at x which is what's left for us after we share our revenue with publishers as one of the key metrics as well as adjusted EBITDA.
1: So walk us through, when you said you did 1.2 billion in revenue, walk us through sort of what creates that number. And then as you go through it, kind of how would somebody understand the business in that way?
2: The $1.2 billion is the gross revenue. That is an accumulation of all the payments we got based on clicks. About 10% of our revenue is a video portion revenue. That is similar to, you know how you scroll on Instagram and you see a video in your feed, about 10% of our revenue is video, and that is getting paid just by viewed. So when the video has been viewed by the consumer, we get paid. 90% is when we get people click on paid recommendations. 10% is when the recommendation being just viewed, that's a video. So that together creates $1.2 billion in revenue. We share a portion of that with the publisher. And then what's left for us, it's called XTAC, which is a term that's been used in our industry. And that's what's left after we pay publishers and that's also defining the xtech margin from the business and then adjusted ebitda is just a metric describing the profitability of the business using a pnl point of view and again we kind of optimize as a company and as a business for growth but profitable growth we believe that especially these days and we've seen many stories good and bad over the last 5 years of how important that is to build a business that it's exciting big market growing but also profitable you can be free to make mistakes and you can be free to innovate and drive even further growth.
1: I want to go deeper into the entrepreneur's mindset around that and a business builder's mindset. So someone might say, well, hey, you guys are just a middleman. You take money from an advertiser and you pay a publisher and you get to keep 30%. Help people understand what it is. Why would you get a greater share of that over time? What are you doing for both sides of the marketplace that would make them both say, oh, that's the right thing to do to give this person a bigger share of that? First of
2: all, you have to think of Taboola as, in many ways, we're like Apple in the sense that we operate the entire food chain on our own, and we build the entire full stack for both publishers and advertisers. So again, for those who are from the advertising space, there is usually two-sided companies. There are companies that work with publishers, they're called SSPs, and then the companies that work with advertisers that are called DSPs. And then each one of them have their own business. And then there are data companies in the middle. We're kind of the whole thing. We have publisher relationships that are exclusive and long-term, who is served with technology and services that go beyond revenue, like I mentioned earlier. And then we have the whole stack for advertiser, that allows them to buy on the Taboola network, which is pretty significant at this point, about half a billion people a day we interact with. If you compare Taboola to companies in our space on both sides, it's about roughly the same. The mid-30s is roughly what it gets to, just looking at us versus companies in our space. The reason I think the whole thing works is because I believe that 35% of Taboola is 120% of someone else. So even early on, when I started Taboola, I always focused mostly on what do publishers actually get? And are you competitive in providing that? If that's the case, then publishers are happy for you to be a healthy business too, because that means you can invest even more in providing them services they would use to grow the business all across. So that's sort of how I think about it.
1: For those who aren't familiar with publishers and advertisers and the incentives that they both have and what they're trying to accomplish, unpack the concept of yield. You use that word yield. I'm guessing most people listening don't understand what that actually means. So what do you mean when you say yield and talk about the advertiser? Another way to ask it is why not give you 10%? Why not give you 80%? What math are they doing that matters to them for they're comfortable to pay you? And then on the flip side of that, why is a publisher willing to accept that rate from you?
2: So what is a performance marketplace? We don't care how much you pay. You pay as much as you want to pay as an advertiser, and you only stick around if it works. We have no rate cards. We don't tell you, pay this for that and pay this for that. You can pay a penny. You can pay a dollar. It doesn't matter. And you stick around only if it drives the threshold that you are looking to achieve as a business. So let's take an example. Let's say you're a subscription business and you're willing to pay $20 for a subscriber. And you come to Tabula and you pay Tabula $0.20, cents, $0.10, cents, $0.50, cents, I don't know, slash don't really care. You'll try it out and you'll monitor on your end whether the user's Tabula ended up sending you translated in effect to $20 less or more acquisition cost. If it did, you'll never stop working with us regardless of how much you paid us. And if it didn't, you'll stop working with us even if it was the most affordable payment. I love that. Because when you have a performance business, by the way, especially when you saw that on a pandemic, everybody that were in the branding advertising space immediately paused to see what's going on. Everybody in the performance business who knew how to attach some sort of performance metric to their business leaned in. So that is our business on the advertiser side. And that is why the payment and the price is irrelevant. It's all about whether it works or not. And then on the publisher side, publishers optimize for yield, which is what is the revenue they generate per 1,000 times a user sees the ad unit or the experience. If it's more or if it's less, that's eventually what they care about. The second thing, they want to make sure this yield goes up over time. And that usually happens when companies are healthy, plus investing in AI, advertiser base, user experience, quality, and all those good things. So that's what publishers optimize for. And Taboola was able to build a business that is healthier for advertisers and healthy for publishers who are, choose to work with us for a long time.
1: The way I always like to think about it is if you can get the advertiser, the customers at the CAC that they want, as you said, and the publishers higher revenue per impression than they could get anywhere else. Neither side cares what you take because as long as you can provide them with something that they couldn't get otherwise elsewhere.
2: Right. And I do think there's a holistic place where it's healthy for everyone. We do think over time, it could be a 40% business. We think we're in a good place now. I think this is roughly where we are. And that allows everybody to grow fast. And again, what I like about our business, our culture, it's that it's very tied to data and performance versus wine and dine. I don't need to take anyone for a great glass of wine because they don't care and they only care if it works. And that's an amazing place to be.
1: Talk a little bit about that marketplace and yield dynamic what are the two or three things that you guys do to really improve it constantly for both sides of the marketplace? And maybe if you have an analog out there that's a more common business model people know of, is there one that you guys always refer to that we could latch on to, to better understand this business?
2: To drive yield, I mean, it's really a combination of eventually advertiser success and publisher optimization, right? So it's really optimizing both sides. And let's start with the advertiser side. The advertiser side, there's a lot of work that goes into making them successful. And fast. So one thing that we spoke about on our road show was SmartBid, which is an AI technology that we are heavily investing in for many many years. As of now, about eighty percent to ninety percent of our business is using SmartBid, which is a software that can choose on behalf of the advertiser how much they should pay to drive the most amount of acquisitions for them and making sure they're successful. So if you can imagine, your business. And you delegate the pricing of your own campaigns to Taboola because you think Taboola will do a better job than you try and predict what it might be for you. And that's incredible because it means that the advertisers are actually getting what they want and we're able to optimize for them using machines as well as our content review team, which makes sure that the quality and all of those things are safe. So that's something we invest a lot around, which is just mainly advertiser success. We want to make sure that whether you're a self-server advertiser, which means you came through the website and you tried it out paying, I don't know, $50, or whether you are a bigger brand who have an agency or not, and are coming into Tabula, all of those instances are able to use technology to drive ad success for them. With bigger brands, we, and we talked about it also a lot recently, they have different expectations. They want to make sure that their ads are viewable, that they're in a very safe environment on their own, we call it high impact placements. It's a whole different package that bigger brands buy from Tabula. That usually means that we serve them on home pages, in the middle of the article, on section front. It's where they get bigger formats visible on the page. Usually they pay per view, the CPM payment. And then we offer them double verify and, and many other mode partners that help them feel they get what the metrics they need to get. So all of those things are meant to help advertisers succeed. And that helps them work with us, increase their budgets, come back again, renew, expand, call their friends, and all those good things. Publishers, it's even more than that. Because over there, we have work that relates to, again, AI, predict which ad might work for the consumer. There's the format. Jesse might be more of a Carousel format, he really likes to swipe left and right. That's who he is as a person. Me, Adam, never will swipe left and right. Don't like carousels. So how does that work? Video, I might be really into videos. Jesse might never watch a video till the end. So all of those formats and using data to know what to do for consumers helps. Feed, showing you something that looks like an Instagram feed versus a widget was a huge investment of ours. Personalization to make sure you see the things you want to see. So there's a lot of work that relates to user experience and value for consumers that make people come back again and interact even more with your product. When you do both those marketplace efforts, advertiser success and publisher success, yield gets better and the pie gets stronger. We invest $100 million in R&D a year. That's a lot. And that's because we do believe and take a long-term view that it pays off for our partners and clients to use the technologies we build.
1: And is it safe to say the R&D investment, when someone thinks about it from the outside in, is really what's driving both growth scale in the business, as well as a higher percentage of that XTAC number?
2: What I care the most about is how competitive is Taboola. I think it's very important to be part of the competitive marketplace. Obviously, we fight the Googles and Facebooks of the world and other great companies. We're not alone and we have a lot of place to grow. And I care to be great at what we do. And that means that when advertisers work with us to succeed, or more people succeed than not, and publishers work with us, not only do they want to try us out, they want to work with us forever. I mean, they want to give us long-term relationships that are exclusive and leaned in. And I love it when I have drinks meeting with the chief editor of the publisher, because it's the editor, and they care so much about things Tabula is doing. That's great for me, because it means they think of us differently. The truth is that R&D and product management and the way to think about investment goes first in my mind, to building a great business that is better than alternatives so that people choose Taboola and re-choose Taboola, and we can drive success for them. And if you build a good business, eventually financials follow. I've been doing this for 14 years. I hope I'll be here for many, many more years. So I care mostly about my own dashboard, our competitive hour versus other things.
1: Yeah, that's great. There's a sales and marketing investment, which is the last big line item on the PL. Talk about how you think about prioritizing sales and marketing investments vis-a-vis the growth of Taboola?
2: I think it's very important, especially when you're a global company like Taboola. Some companies are very US-based or key, you know, sort of few market-based. Taboola is less than 50% of our revenue at this point is in the US. So we're very global. But that also comes with a lot of investment because when you start a new market, it takes many, many years to make it mature. So it's mostly an investment. We take a holistic long-term view that is very global. We have hubs. So we have a hub in the UK, a hub in Thailand, And other regions. And that helps us to start with a stronger seed from a single place that sells to the entire region. And then over time, we expand beyond that, which helps us to mainly focus on the culture. We have people in one place that get to experience the tabula way. And then over time, we expand to local countries where the market becomes big enough and we get to do that, or we want to take an investment. So I think it's very important. From a marketing perspective, content marketing, we have a blog we invest a lot in, feed marketing people on the ground that are doing events and partnerships and all those things. We, of course, participate in the Tabula network. We buy from our own selves to try to promote Tabula and and self-service, as well as other companies. I think it's important. I mainly, from a brand position, and I try to invest in storytelling and interact with people like QGIS and others, and just basically create great conversations that speaks about the story versus putting a banner of Tabula somewhere.
1: That makes great sense. The sales and marketing investment, I mean, maybe talk a little bit about how does scale work in a business that's a marketplace like this? What constrains scale or what allows you to get even more scale as you think about growing the business?
2: Because we're a supply-demand marketplace, we're kind of growing in a similar pace. You rarely see unique over-supply, unique over-demand. There is always more demand than supply in our business. There's always more advertisers who want to participate because we're performance advertising By virtue of being a performance company, you usually have more budgets than you can deplete, which is very similar for Google and Facebook, I'm sure. But then your growth comes step by step together. You grow your publisher base, you get this network effect actually, because the more publishers you have, more consumers, you're reaching more consumers, people click on Tabula more, you capture more data, you become more efficient, your AI gets smarter. And then you're able to drive more advertiser success. More advertisers can come in because you're succeeding even more. And then your yield gets better, which we spoke earlier about. So this flywheel is is important and scale matters in our business. Taboola at our size now, it is a better, stronger company than Taboola at half our size or 10th our size. So it is important for us to continue to grow profitably because it drives this marketplace dynamics that more publishers, more data, more users, more clicks, better yield, even more publishers and more advertisers and so forth. So the supply demand kind of grows linearly in a natural way. You don't see these logarithmic growth rarely and that helps us stay healthy and win those network defects that I'm speaking about.
1: You talk about network effects and obviously there was a public deal announced with Outbrain where you guys were going to merge with them. Talk a little bit about the logic behind that. Obviously it didn't happen, you don't need to talk about that, but what was the logic behind that and then maybe the vision and give us a sense for how that relates to your business.
2: Both Albert and Tabula really wanted to get to be one. We spent a year trying to do so. I'm really happy we tried. I think it didn't work because, you know, pandemic happened and the world happened and it's been a year and, and we both decided we better off parting ways than staying one. But I'm happy we tried.
1: What was the biggest logic behind that deal?
2: We saw similar passion for the open web and publishers and I think we appreciated each other being in the space. So we had good juju going into it. So why do it was obvious. That's why I went to the end because why do it? It was obvious that we had enough appreciation for each other and mutual passion for similar things to give it a shot. It didn't work out for the reasons I mentioned. And then for me, you know, we left off. I believe a better version of ourselves. We got to know ourselves even more. We learned that there's no evilness on any one side, you know, and we just have to uh, go back. It's a big market and go do the work. And then on the other, you know another side of it, we took Tabula public.
1: And recently, you guys announced a deal with Connexity. Can you talk about that deal? What's got you excited about that? And then maybe even one level up of your m a perspective and how you're thinking about m a in the future.
2: So when you think about Taboola over the next 10 years, you should think of Tabula growing in two areas. One is Tabula growing to re- expanding to recommend anything. Today, you see Tabula recommending news and direct-to-consumer services. But over time, we'll recommend you anything you might like, products, video games, apps, a space you know very well. So that's one area. And the other area is where else can Tabula be? Over time you should expect Tabula to be on any phone you buy, like Apple News but on any Android or any uh, on any connected TV uh, helping you discover shows, any car, my car has Spotify for music. Why don't I have Tabula? It's crazy my car has no tabula to give me podcasts and local news that I really like. So over time we'll be anywhere. And I think people will be interacting with recommendation engines a lot all around them. Where does connectivity fit in that growth in the table? Expanding to recommend anything, we saw this huge opportunity. We've been dreaming of e-commerce for years because it makes so much sense for us to recommend you what to buy. Especially as I think you trust publishers a lot more when it comes to considering products versus anyone else. And I mentioned that you know, Better Home and Garden. When you go there, like you trust them so much more. It's a brand you trust. You read their stuff and I recommend your product. So we've all been there and seen it before. So we liked e-commerce. I think on the back of a pandemic, we liked e-commerce even more. We've all been home. We went through the challenges and also our desire to still be connected and, and interact with brands we like. I'm sure many of you have noticed more boxes outside of your door and also your neighbors. And I think we're buying online. We buy many things online these days. Healthcare services, we go to the doctor on our iPhone. We buy clothes, never trying them before they come to our house. We really buy a lot more in new ways. Had I told you in 2019, you will be going to your doctor on your phone in 2020, you would think I'm crazy. And now you do it. So I think on the back of consumer behavior changing forever, as well as being a huge market, it's a $35 billion TAM in the US alone. It made so much sense for us to get into that space. In fact, I believe that publishers that will not have a significant e-commerce business in three or five years will be at risk because I think that's going to be a huge opportunity that some will tap into in a big way and some will tap less.
1: As you're looking down the horizon here in the coming 10 years, if you guys are wildly successful beyond even your vision, tell us the top two or three things that drove that and happened in the business.
2: What we just talked about holistically. So I think, first of all, you have a $60 billion of banners that... I think there's a better way of rendering the internet with feeds of recommendations. I think my kids will experience an internet that looks like Instagram. So over the next 10, 20 years, I believe there's going to be an opportunity to replace interrupting advertising formats with invitation-based advertising formats that users really like in a feed format, personalized, side-by-side to editorial recommendations. That is a big journey ahead of us. There's a lot of work we need to do and lot of investment we need to make. And side by side to that is what else can Tabula recommend? We just talked about commerce, but Tabula should help any app. There are millions of apps out there that is very difficult for them to be discovered. How do you get apps to be discovered? Games, one of the top markets, growing markets these days, very difficult to be discovered by gamers, unless you're the top 10. It's a very 90-10 market. A few games make most of it, but what about the rest? So it's like music. I'm very obsessed about unbundling those who are yet to be famous and making that moment of discovery. So I think all of those industries will be part of Taboola. And the second thing, like I mentioned, is spoke about Taboola with Samsung in Brazil. You buy a Samsung device and Taboola is pre-installed on the device as a news feed. You discover the news in Brazil using Taboola on your Samsung. This is just beautiful. So I imagine that on many devices, many TVs, many cars, many audio devices, that will help us expand our user attention and bring our publisher partners anywhere we may be. You will never see Tabula competing with our publisher partners. That will never happen. So we'll never be a consumer company. Nothing interesting for consumers will ever be on Tabula.com. We're a B2B company. We'll never fight our publisher partners. We'll never be in conflict with them. You know, I think social companies have. That is our future. You know, Be the first and hopefully significant B2B open web company, recommendation company in the world.
1: The big ones I heard you say, there. obviously there's verticals like gaming and e-commerce, there's platforms, and then obviously the broader open web together. Can you talk a little bit about the privacy and the, the world of cookies and your view on that? And do you view that as an opportunity? Do you view it as a threat? Give us a sense for that. It was discussed
2: in the market in general, of course, with us. We've been talking about it a lot. Because Tabula has a direct relationship with publishers, we are not buying inventory. We create our own experience, which is a combination of the publisher's own editorial recommendation, as well as paid recommendations, right? So Taboola, half of the clicks on Taboola are not even on ads. They're on the site's own content. We are the recommendation for the site's editorial content. Because of that level of intimacy with the publisher and relationship and trust, our integration is great directly into the page, which means that we have a much better access to consumers interacting with us. It's anonymized; We have no idea who they are. But we see them coming back again and again. People click on the table of 30 billion times, and it helps us create this. People who read this also read that, like Amazon, people who buy this also buy that. Advertisers can tap into and drive performance and conversion for them. And then advertisers, very small portion of our revenue is using retargeting and things of that nature, which is third-party cookies, which is what companies like Apple and others are blocking. So what happened was, and I never knew a decade ago, plus when I started Tabula, it will become important, is that because Tabula is a performance company, we don't buy inventory. Most of our advertisers don't use third-party cookies with us. They use our own pixel on their page, smart bid, contextual signals, and then publishers and quality of integration help us do that good of a job and create this curiosity graph, this Amazon lookalike. So now that helps us to navigate... Third party has been changed over the last many many years. By the way, we haven't modeled the downfall, and we haven't said it's going to be you know an upside. We we've been conservative, but we are excited and comfortable with where we are.
1: So what about the other side of the question? Like when you look down the, the next ten years, what are the biggest threats? What are the biggest risks that you're thinking about for Taboola?
2: I do believe it's a big market, and I think the fact companies like Apple, and Apple is a very good company and a very good consumer company. The fact they integrate news and services under Eddie Cue, who is a very good person, the executive at Apple who runs that, and the fact Apple cares about it so much makes me very optimistic. It's almost like a crystal ball into the future. It means companies like Apple believe that bringing the open web into every iPhone is great for consumers. So not only am I optimistic about our core business, which is replacing banner experience with feeds and Instagram lookalike experiences. I think we'll see Apple-type behavior with services and Apple News across the entire world. I think everybody will have this type of strategy. So I'm fairly optimistic. What concerns me the most uh, and what scares me is mainly ourselves. I wasn't first in anything. Tabula became, I think, the best because we executed better. My management has been with me for 10 years. We've been running this company like 1,500 co-founders. So that made us be where we are now. And when I think of the future, I think what can temper with that future is what made us be who we are now. Because like I said, I think a lot of times people who start companies first believe they deserve to win because they were first. But Google wasn't first, and Facebook wasn't first, and Amazon wasn't first. And in fact, being first is isn't an, an emotional feeling, but being the best is your goal and challenge. So to me, what scares me the most is how do we keep the tabula culture transparent, uh, having a lot of empathy for our own people, for our partners and clients, because that is our innovation. And if that goes away, because we believe our own whatever success, then I think it's the beginning of the end. So to me, what makes me run to work and not walk to work is exactly that feeling. And I want to make sure that never changes.
1: What about the competitive landscape? Talk a little bit about how you view the landscape. You've talked about the open web. A lot of advertisers can go to lots of different places, so can publishers. Just talk a little bit about that and how you guys deal with it.
2: There are many great companies in our space. Obviously, you have the big one, you know, the Amazon, which is, I think, at this point, the third largest advertising company in the US. You have Google, Facebook, and then you have smaller companies who are great. Many of them are our partners, like the Trade Desk and, and others. And you have data companies like Double Verify and, and IES and Moat and others. You have many great leadership teams out there doing a good job, driving growth for the open web and, and others. So for me, what makes us unique is the things I touched on that a bit earlier, but the first one is just performance. It works. And the second one is we do more than performance, which is what other services you provide to people who work with you. Because I think we're moving from this vendorship to partnership ecosystem and era. If you're a founder listening to this, you always have to focus on the thing that drives value first. But over time, People expect you to provide a full stack service because they want to work with you and only you. And then takes a lot of effort, a lot of cost, a lot of energy. So that's the second thing that makes us different than people in our space. And the third one, people and culture. You work with Tabula, we become part of your organization. We have quarterly business reviews with our clients and partners. The first one is short. It's an hour and a half. The second one is a few hours. And the third one is a day because we just want to spend the day together knowing that a lot of goodness will come on the other side of it. And I really believe that people and culture and values and transparency and making mistakes together and breaking things together, I call it the economy of good enough. You have to do good enough to continue to evolve and innovate. People just demand that at this point. So for me, those are the reasons that we are different and unique in our market.
1: Yeah. Last question, Adam, we ask everyone is, When you think about the Dabula story, three-part question, what's the lesson for builders? What's the lesson for investors? And where can people go to learn more about the business? So let's just go one at a time. So first question is, what's the lesson here for a builder, for the entrepreneurs listening?
2: I think for builders, one, I would say two things. One, ask yourself if what you build would fail in 10 years, would you still do it? If the answer is yes, which means you're in the right place and you're exactly where you need to be. Then uh, my advice to you would be to surround yourself with people that are awesome and great and expose yourself and be vulnerable with how you look to share your ideas and plans. Nobody will take your plan and beat you with a better product. Execution is really hard. So it's better you calibrate your opinion with what you build, with your own team and even the industry and get your mentors and all those people to tell you what they think. Face what people think and try to do a better job as you execute. And that will be what gives you an edge. So that's for builders. For investors, what the hell do I know? I mean, I'm not an investor, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, investors know how to do their job pretty well. And there are very different types of investors, early investors. And, but eventually here as well, because I think startups used to be a five-year thing. Then it became a seven-year thing. And now it's over a decade. It's just like marriage, you know? So, my advice, not that anyone should really care, I'm not an investor, um, is to choose people you want to marry for the next many, many decades because it's probably going to be a long, a long while.
1: Where should people go if they want to learn more about Taboola?
2: We do have a great blog. We're trying to be honest and tell stories about the industry and ourselves. There's a lot of podcasts and things we're trying to engage with. Come to our events, webinars, ask us questions, social. We are a very transparent company internally and externally. So we love good questions, hard questions. Nobody is immune at Tabula from a great conversation. So one, feel free to follow us and check us out and interact with us as you have uh, good questions and hard questions. And we look forward to um, having a great conversation.
1: Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on Business Breakdowns. Thanks for having me.
0: To find more episodes of Breakdowns ranging from Costco to Visa to Moderna or to sign up for our weekly summary, check out joincolossus.com. That's J-O-I-N-C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S dot com.